0: Hey peaches. Hey peaches. Welcome back for another episode of the Let's Talk Peaches podcast where all humans come to have raw, authentic, respectful, and open conversations about various topics. Nothing is off the table. All topics are welcome. So get ready to dive in and explore the uplifting as well as the extremely uncomfortable. If you're new, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And if you're a returning peach Thank you so much for tuning back in. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate that. We have so much, so much appreciation. Hey Peaches! Hey Peaches. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Hope you're enjoying your commute to work or to the living room or real clean if you're cleaning the house mm-hmm. enjoying November. More, Welcome in, to November, right? Ooh, yeah. We got ourselves a fall-ish flower. Like it's more like a succulent. Is it not? It's got that vibe, that succulent vibe. Yeah. When we were walking out, I saw a more folly flower. We named we named her Millie. Did I, we name her Millie? Well, I thought we I sh- thought we named her Joan. I No, okay, yeah. Let's go with Joan. We called her Joan and we love her a lot. Yeah, but you in the second-guessed her on your way out of the hospital. We were at Stop and Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be the ho- like where she was born, I suppose. <laughs> but n- I did for a second, but I think she looks great up there. We have her in the windowsill. She's uh, given us some greenery, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. She's not plastic. She's real, authentic. <sighs> so that's good. How was your day? How was your week? How was my day? How was my week? My day has been... Line. We are excited because our friend Jean Claude is coming over. Mm-hmm. He has been traveling, so we're gonna we're being super, super, super strict and like on the ball on the ball with the whole social, social distancing thing. thing. Um, because, as you all know, our he- our mom has got some health issues, um, so we took the measuring tape outside and we marked a ten feet to six to ten feet radius (laughs) of like uh, where we can stand where we can where it's safe Mm -hmm. and we're super excited to see him from a social distance correct distance (laughs) and uh so i'm excited about that we got some firewood because we're gonna be sitting outside having a fire oh actually and i see some blue skies which is good because it was raining it was rain universe yeah it was raining earlier um, but yeah, so we're very happy about that, yeah, and super excited to see Jean Claude. he's from California, and we went to high school together, and he's awesome, and we're just so excited to see him because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't remember the last time we saw him, do you? I think the last was the last time we saw him when we when we went to San Diego. I feel like he's come home since then, but did we see him? I don't know. I don't think we've seen him since San Diego
1: um. Yeah. we've
0: facetimed well, uh. here and there but for the most part he facetimed us when we were in paris for our birthday yeah crazy it's crazy how time flies and it's crazy how you know you go from seeing someone every day in every weekday in high school and mm-hmm. spending so much time with the per- with people every weekday and like some some like a lot of the times sometime you know weekends on the saturday nights mm-hmm. or whatever and we did, like, we did choir, and we did plays together with Jean-Claude. But with a lot of people, there's a lot of people out in the world, or that we went to high school with, I should say, that we just, we don't see. And it's just crazy. It's just crazy how someone can be so in your life one moment, and then so, so not in your you life just, the next. Well that, That's part of grown up, mm-hmm. is it not? And it's not that, I mean, I don't know about all of the peaches in the world, but... For me, and I think you, no matter how much time passes, we are able to, like, pick up where we left off. So I'm not as sad when people leave our radius. Mm-hmm. It, it's more of an opportunity to grow our friend pool. Our <laughs> friend pool? Our, our, fr- our like, our, our friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice to have them close by, but they they keep leaving to go to the Sunshine State. Which we understand. Yeah. We would much rather if they came to New York City instead. Ugh. Yeah. Why you got to steal my water? Because. Why didn't you bring up your own? Why didn't you, you bring knew up we were water? Because I was, my hands were full. I, 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 oh God. You knew we were having hot sauce. You knew we were having hot sauce. Yeah. You knew. You knew when you were filling up your glass of water. I, I made was you. I sip. made you your cauliflower noki I didn't ask. I just made it. I was like, if she doesn't want it, she'll can have it later. I made you your cauliflower noki I, took, I, took I three plated. Sips of your I water. plated your cauliflower noki I, I hot incredible. sauced your pa- cauliflower noki I appreciate it. I do. I appreciate and it. And now you're getting all up in my business, all up in my butthole, because I didn't pour you a glass of water on top of it. Well, I'm just saying, don't give me hot sauce and then not expect me to take a sip of your water get your own water <laughs> i'm fine now my palate has cleansed the dryness is settling Mm-hmm. um but yeah anywho how's your day going i don't know if we uh, would you say like copy paste sort of what i'm what i talked about yeah you know lately i've been feeling really like fatigued emotionally mm-hmm. um i think we all have oh, yeah yeah it's just been like I've just been finding it hard to get a little extra energy mm-hmm. or, like, up to. And, I, and I'm sure a part of it is, like, we've been eating like shit, I think. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> so I want to. That never helps. <laughs> you no. Know, so I want to get a little bit more on top of that and, like, treating my insides better. Uh, uh. And then. But, I mean, we got that, our package, you know, our package that we'll be sharing with our peaches yeah, we at did some point. S- we did something exciting. We're still waiting on some things to. Mm-hmm. We're still we're still finishing up this project, if you will. I think by the time I, I don't this even comes, know. this episode comes out, we'll be getting the final, like delivery, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're really excited to to share that with you guys. What and would be a one, one- word teaser? A one word teaser? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm. damn, 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 damn. Yeah. Okay. You um vulnerable mm-hmm. damn and vulnerable damn she vulnerable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you guys can chew on that for a little bit and we're really excited to i'm I'm excited to share it it's also i mm-hmm. think it's a little um a little scary a little scary but little scary i think to share. but i think once for like i think that was once them. it's out it's like right if it were anyone else other than me yeah, be like, like, you'd be like, oh my God, God. Be don't be nervous. Oh post that shit. Yeah, post you look it. Op- <laughs> <laughs> what? I almost said something. I almost gave it away. Uh. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. So, we're super... That's exciting. I we'll feel good about it. Yeah. But, anywho. So, this week, let's talk bold storytelling. And... What we mean by that is we've been watching a lot of TV, haven't we all? And in some shows, I really commend, and I think it's amazing that these shows are taking on really interesting and very important subject matter. Mm-hmm. And our guest, we're so excited. Her name we're is, so so bl- lucky, so lucky, so honored. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Nikita Hamilton, and she. Was has been a writer for some of these shows. She's written some episodes for The Bold Type, The Bold Type, and A Million Little Things. And she also has her own series that she writes for. And she acts. She acts in some things. She's a multi-trick pony, and she is really, really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But so Nikita has written for. As we said, various mainstream shows, such as A Million Little Things in the Bold Type, both of which do embrace and showcase that subject matter that may be considered controversial, but also is super important for the world to see. And on her website, Nikita writes, this work is so much more than 30 minutes or an hour of laughter or tears or any other emotion in between. It's about the ripple effect that it can have throughout viewers' lives that may allow them to possibly understand themselves and or others just a little bit better. And that statement right there, I mean, totally That's encompasses aw- I mean, I mean, the whole reason why we want to wanted to make this episode uh, contribute to this or we the- I just want to say it again. It's the ripple effect, <clears throat> right? I don't know what It's going about on. the ripple effect that it can have throughout viewers' lives that may allow them to possibly understand themselves and or others just a little bit better. I mean, that is just that, that, that statement right there is the whole reason why we wanted to do this episode, yeah. just in mm-hmm. one one fell swoop. I think you can watch, and I, I think Freeform itself is doing a really good job. Uh, like the new ABC, mm-hmm. I guess they've been th- they've been Freeform for a little while, but with shows like Good Trouble, The Bold Type, um, I think Million Little Things is is still ABC, but it it is because it was on um, The Bachelorettes. Mm. Um, Queue up. They're taking on topics that are a little controversial, or not a little, honestly. Like they talk like about s- politics, they take on racial issues, they take on suicide. Suicide. Which is an little thing. They tackle these issues from various points and perspectives. And I think it's really great that the content we're consuming on TV is more positive. You know, and a little bit more authentic and real, too. And, and, and it doesn't have... Uh, you say positive, but I don't think it has to be positive. But. I mean, pos- when I say positive, I mean, like, positive for us. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I. there's more times watching The Bold Type or Good Trouble mm-hmm. um, and A Million Little Things where I'm like, I have faced something similar, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that I got... And I'm really glad I got to watch these people kind of go through it. It feels it feels real. I relate to it. And, I, and, and they don't sugarcoat it a lot of the times, I feel. Obviously, it's dramatized for television mm-hmm. purposes. It is still TV, but it, it's not just like this fake reality or this dramatized version of what th- these issues are. I feel like they're, it's real relatable content, which is awesome. But we'll talk more with Nikita about yeah. her thoughts on it. She's obviously way more entangled with those things, has a bit more of a Professional, professional, deeper understanding understanding mm-hmm, of what goes into writing them and all of the amazingness of it all. Of it all. Mm-hmm. So, as we said, super, super excited to have Nikita on and just like pick her brain about all of this. Yeah. And let us know. Let us know what TV shows do you think have that sort of bold storytelling going on yeah for us off the top of the head off the top of our heads i think of the bold type i think of good little things and good trouble mm-hmm. i'm trying to think if there's any other ones that really talk about um, yeah, like make you feel talk about those things you know it's not a tv show but i think honey boy the movie oh really shia LaBe- you, you you don't think so i I'm it's a true thinking, story i know i mean well they talk about they talk about um depression and yeah, honest like growing up in a an alcoholic al- household someone with in a with household addiction. where there's addiction. where there's addiction and alcoholism and um just like an unhealthy relationship an un- unhealthy parent parental, parental yeah. relationship mm-hmm. um yeah it doesn't have to be a tv show yeah it could I, be a movie i didn't find myself like really relating a lot to it mm-hmm. i think if you've ever been sad you can relate to like there's a sad person on the screen mm-hmm. but i think uh, I know that Alma, the director, comes from a f- comes from a family of um, of alcohol-, alcohol alcoholism. So she was writing and directing from that viewpoint. Shia obviously was writing and and a part of it through and acting with that kind of in the back of his mind. Not probably, you know, very forward in the front of his mind. I'm sure. Yeah. I love that movie. It's so great. Um, it just makes you feel mm-hmm. and. Um, pretty and it's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah but very cinematic anyways definitely let us know what shows move you and what shows have you, you f- learned from is there a show or a scene that what are our important you, shows that you watched and you had a opinion about that maybe it changed your opinion because it showed you a different viewpoint mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting mm-hmm. I um, feel like I felt that way a lot with um Good Trouble, but the and I, th- I also think it's a good trouble is a spinoff or an extension of The Fosters. Yeah, 100%. So that's also a good show. It's a good place to start. But yeah, yeah shall yeah, we, yeah. uh, shall we cue in? Let's bring in Nikita. Okay, beaches. okay. <laughs> BRP, yeah. Hi Nikita! Hi! Um, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. We've we've been, we're super excited mm-hmm. to have you on uh, and meet you. So first of all, big thank you. Uh,
2: no and, How did you guys get to find me? <laughs> um,
0: it was actually through Instagram. I was like searching through. Um, what's the name of the actress? Um, like Aisha? Aisha. Or... Uh, should... Yeah. Yeah. I, I was searching through. Who, who she follows, and Hi. I found you, and I was like, oh gosh, there she is. That's who yeah. we'll ask. <laughs>
2: That's so funny. I'm gonna tell her. I'll be like, Aisha, you're the reason they they found me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Some creative, um, some creative uh, cyber stalking, essentially. <laughs> we like to start out by asking, like, what's up, Peach? How's yeah. your day going? How's your week going? Yeah, tell us a little what's bit. Up? Let's get a gut check in.
2: Um, it's good. Another week working. Um, which can be tiring just the zoom of it all mm-hmm. but overall good happy it's saturday yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh
0: yeah Not in. Mm-hmm.
2: um yeah i'm like very ready for the election to be over yeah <laughs> aren't we
0: all aren't we all Some yeah kind of a stressful I'm, just like
2: <laughs> i'm ready for all of that to be over yep um, yep yep
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: and i'm but i'm also like curious as to what November and December are going to bring us. Yeah. Just pandemic wise and fatigue and the numbers are rising and I live far from my family and all of those things. So um, yeah, a lot of thoughts ran through my head this week basically. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: feel like we're all just kind of like on the cusp of something that's going to happen, like you said in November and December, and so we feel yeah. (laughs) Long story short, yeah. (laughs) But. Anywho, so I guess a good place to start would be, can you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and like your experience, how you got into writing, and what you do and all of that? Do you do a little acting? and.
2: Yeah, um, I came to TV writing in a roundabout way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida, mm.
1: um,
2: and then I went to college at Penn um and came i was one of those people who graduated and was like i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life i'm really unsure what did you Uh, go
0: to school for
2: i did uh i double majored in psychology and communication yes yes and so i i i knew i i'd always loved tv and film like i was the kid who like once i was watching something you couldn't really like pull me away Mm -hmm. Um, which is then why my mom banned tv watching during the week but (laughs) um (laughs) I I knew that coming out of college, I, I knew that I really did. I was very interested in the connection between what representations of black women were on screen and how that affected how we were treated and perceived in, in reality. Mm. But a friend of mine who was doing her PhD at the time at Penn Annenberg was like, hey, you have an interest in representation you have now a bachelor's in communication, you could further study this. And at the time I was also really interested in photography and was thinking about trying to get an MFA in photography. And she was mm. like, you can do the PhD, have them kind of pay for your MFA classes, kind of get both of the things you want. And so, um, I was like, oh, that sounds like a great plan, especially since I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up getting into both Annenberg's Penn and USC, and it just made more sense to be in LA if I was going to be looking at TV and film. So mm-hmm. I moved across the country, which is something I'd never even really considered doing. Like I never pictured myself living on the West Coast or anything like that. Um, and started the PhD program at USC and towards the end of, of the program like after what we call qualifying exams which is the step before you write your dissertation um, it, it was pretty rough for me and I, I kind of was like okay Nikita you really need to ask yourself like is this what you want to do like is academia the thing you want to do with the rest of your life and I think going into it I was just like look become a professor teach until your grandchildren have gone to college for free <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 life was kind of the mindset I had, but really because of that experience and really asking myself the question, I realized like, I don't wanna teach about TV and film at the front of a classroom. Like I wanna make it, I wanna Mm. help make it. And so I decided that I would try to get a job full-time in the industry while writing my dissertation, which looking back on it was insane, like I yeah. was like, "What was wrong?" With my that was like a dual so busy, um, yeah, right. Where I was like, "I'll just go to work for eight to ten hours a day and then go home and write." Girls got to eat,
0: I guess. You know,
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, well, you know, we do what we got to do. Yeah, and so. um I, I, finally got, it actually, it was very difficult to, for me to get a, a job because mm-hmm. people would see PhD in progress on my resume and they were like, oh, she's too, she's too much experience. And I was like, I don't have any experience in TV, <laughs> Like, I have experience in communication theory. Like I can talk to you about, you know, stereotypes and like all these things, but mm-hmm. this is this has nothing to do with, um real work in the industry really mm-hmm. and so finally a friend was able to um get me an interview with full screen which at the time was like a mobile app that they had a arm that represented like influencers and then another arm that did um production and so I was like the yeah. office manager um for this like you know this vertical um production app and i had a couple weeks before um the dean at usc um varoon sony who's delightful he um, happened to have an asian at uta and um we were together on a task force um it's, it was a diversity task force at usc at the time that was much needed but i don't know really what happened with it now today but <clears throat> He was someone who had gotten a PhD, had not a great experience in the states. Actually, finished his PhD in South Africa. Oh wow! And understood me being someone who wanted to finish my degree but not be an academic. Mm-hmm. And um, because he had an agent, he was like, "Oh, do you want me to like connect you to her?" He was also friends with Courtney Lily, who is now showrunner of both um, Blackish and Mixed Dish, but at the time uh-huh. was a writer on it. Um, and he's like, Oh, do you want me to like introduce you? And I was like, yes, I will talk to anyone (laughs) Mm -hmm, doing like remotely, you know, TV. So met with Courtney Lilly, who was very kind and, you know, um, gave me great advice. And then I met with Lauren Fox and, um, who now I think is at CAA, but, um, she was just really kind and helpful and like read my first, um, sample script and, I was just like, if you could just keep an eye out, if, like, a job appears, like, let me know. And so I got the job at Fullscreen and maybe two, three weeks into the job, I get an email from her and she's like, go get this or something like, or she, no, the the email was, um, do you want me to put your resume in for Atlanta? Yeah. And I was like, you're crazy. (laughs) So it was in its first season and like people loved it. Like it was a yeah. hit, you know? And I'm like, sure, if you want to put my resume in for this <laughs> job, I'm like not going to get. And then um, so send her my resume. And then like a week later, I got the email that was like, go get this, all caps. And they yes. were like, we want to see you. So I was like, okay, cool. But of course, you know, that's only a step. They're interviewing a lot, a bunch of people. Yeah. So I had the interview. Um, and I ended up getting the job. And so I left full screen after about like a month, month and a half, and I went (laughs) to Atlanta. So I, that was like my first TV job in 2016. Um, and from, so I was a writer's assistant on that uh, second season. And then, um, I went on to be showrunner's assistant on a, in a mini room. And then Mm. I became a showrunner's assistant on seasons two and three of the bold type to Amanda Lasher. Mm. Um, and then after that, well, she gave me my first co-write of a script um, with Wendy Straker Hauser, uh, episode 307 in the third season. So that was my first TV writing credit as an assistant. And then um, Wendy became the showrunner for season four and staffed me. So that was my first staffed gig was season four of The Full Type. And now I am a staff writer on ABC's A Million Little Things
0: yes we wow we just recently when we um solidified you as a guest we we hadn't, we watched, hadn't a million, watched a million little, little things. things but and so we were like we have, we to, have to go we have it. to go so we've been very ba- very good yeah we've good. banged out the first season yeah so we're about to start the second season mm-hmm. so no spoilers
2: <laughs> yeah yeah no awesome yeah it comes back november 19th yeah yeah, yeah. So, and, so so you, we've got work
0: to do for november how many seasons are out now is that is that is that's it without it's just yeah. two. And so, so they're coming out with the third in November. So the episode uh-huh. that or your the the parts that you've written for haven't come out yet, right? No, 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 no. Uh,
2: yeah. My my first episode, um, which I co wrote with Chris Lucy, will come out at towards the end of the year.
0: Exciting. Exciting. Exciting yeah. stuff. We'll we'll have to like get up. We have to get up to speed. Yeah. By we'll then. have to get to speed yeah. and really celebrate when that episode comes out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's awesome I really first of all I oh, I can I, I majored in film production and communications and mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if you agree but I feel like everybody should take communications as like just a life course
2: like yeah. it's
0: it's so great on top of psychology so I and I really I I feel your degree your bachelor's degree although not necessarily like students pinpointing what what you ended up doing or what you're doing now I, I probably really helps with I mean it, it fits I feel like it fits so well with what you're doing in the content you're doing it probably helps a lot with like writing and thinking about like how all of these uh, yeah, things are I,
2: I think it helps to think about communication in a theoretical way sometimes that we like often don't I yeah um I think sometimes we underestimate the power of
0: mm-hmm.
2: media. And mm-hmm. because I'm coming from a background that was about studying the impact of media, I look at it a lot differently, I think, than most people. And so I do think that that's something that I add to writer's rooms when I'm like, okay, well, let's like think about, yeah. you know, this thing in this way. And I, I would say overall, though, the industry is a lot more cognizant of what they're putting out and what those impacts are just because I think that people are looking at diversity and inclusion way more than they, than they were even when I was an undergrad, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. um, I think that overall we're looking at it more, but it is really helpful to have people in writer's rooms who are like, let's take a second or have we thought about this
0: or,
2: um, you know, those kinds of things. So um, yeah, for sure. I do, I do feel the ways in which like, my degrees come to be very useful to me in the room, even if it's not technically with like the actual writing of it all. Yeah.
0: Mm Yeah. I think that it just opens your, I don't know. It was like a mixture of a few different things, but the idea that we're always opening our perspective to various, opening our minds to various perspectives that the world, that is the world and the people that are around us, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and just like constantly having an open mind about that. Do you feel when you're voicing or, like, adding questions and um, asking those questions in the writing room, how is that perceived? Is that, like, is it usually difficult or are people pretty receptive to to new ideas or, like, just being like, we should be thinking about this or, you know?
2: I think, well, one, every room is different, right? Every Mm -hmm. room is run by a different person, is comprised of different people. But I would say my overall experience is that, people want to listen to input from people who don't have the same exact experiences, right? Like that's why we're all there. Um, And no two people in the room are usually like alike, Mm -hmm. even if they might be the same race or the same gender or whatever, Mm -hmm. everyone has different life experience, right? Unless you literally grew up together. Um, And even (laughs) then you might have different um, life experiences. So Mm -hmm. I I do think in general people Will listen, um, but there is also like a hierarchy to a writer's room, people have different positions in the same way that you would have like a corporation. So, I do think that people are usually open to at least hearing people out, mm. but it doesn't necessarily make you the decision maker, is what mm. I would say. But I, I've never felt like as a writer that I wasn't heard at least, or like you know, but I think also. There's a difference between being like heard and listened to. Yeah. 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 That's any job, you know. So um, yeah.
0: I also love and I think it's a wonderful point in your journey, is how you just sort of like, I'll take I'll talk to anyone who's in film. Oh, yeah. And I think anyone in any position, like I, especially the creative field, but any any career like shoot your shot, send an email, slide yeah. into those DMs, talk yeah. to anybody because you never know what mm-hmm. what can come of it and what that connection will bring you in the future. Yeah. And, I, and I'm i also like any person that will talk to you is is information. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Useful information. Yeah. Like anyone that's had any experience like you can you can leverage Kind of what you're hearing and be like, okay, cool. So like that that worked for them. Maybe that might work for me. That didn't work for them. Noted. Okay. Yeah. So I, I you should always be. Yeah. Anyone. Anyone. And funny, fun story. Um, we a couple years ago auditioned. To do did a um did Uh open casting call for the bachelorette
2: Uh and
0: (laughs) and um (laughs) it was it the auditions took place in abc's headquarters and at the time i i think lynn had just graduated college i yeah that was a summer after i graduated and she was hoping to you know like get a job in i was currently working as like a teaching assistant at the new york film academy which was essentially like summer camp for kids yeah. that wanted to do film one day. But we were in, we were like in ABC headquarters and there was a bunch of people who worked there that were helping, you know, do, run the audition. And I was like, Lynn, you should pull someone aside and like talk to them. And and after some encouraging from yeah. myself. She, I, d- I ended up, go- I, w- I went up and I like, there was like a huddle of people. And so I was like, hey, I don't know if any of you or like I don't know what you guys do for like here, but for oh my- all <laughs> well, I know like someone's like in charge of catering I don't know, but <laughs> but up uh, there was there was one guy and he he was in charge of um, the security so he was like I don't it's not me I'm gonna leave <laughs> but the other woman was in charge of marketing um, for for abc and so she and i like exchanged emails and we chatted for a bit and i i'm not necessarily in marketing i was like anything in in video um but she helped you after. with your resume but she did and she helped and we helped ended out. up like emailing a bit and we still email from time to time and that's like a really great connection and um and i i don't know and you yeah shoot your shot always yeah because the worst oh, thing that yeah. she she gave me some free resume critiques which was which was really really helpful at the very beginning of my career for sure 100 um and i ended up putting out that resume and like actually getting a bunch of interviews afterwards so she really helped (laughs) she really helped me that's
2: great yeah you never i think you never really know how those things will work out even if it's like like let's say you dm you dm me and i might not be able to like help you or whatever but now mm. your your name is a name i recognize right yeah mm-hmm. yep and so if i see it later when it's like oh we have we this is the list of resumes i'm like i've seen that name
0: mm. like how
2: do i know that name like even those things i think you people underestimate um 100% easily to be forgotten i'm not saying that it won't be but i i think that even those little interactions that you have those small kindnesses like I'm someone who remembers, like, I have, like, elephant-type memory. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I was going to say, are you good with names?
2: <laughs> I'm, not great, I'm not great with names, but I'm very good with faces. Mm. Um, but I, I am someone who will, like, remember how someone treats, like, assistants, how mm. someone treats, like, waiters, like, all these things. Like, I pay a lot of um, – attention to and I don't think there's ever a reason to be like rude or mean to to anyone yeah like, you know, they've done you a, a true slight so mm-hmm. um, I, I think like I kind of keep my eye out for that and I think because I behave in that way where I'm like there's no reason to be rude to anyone else I've seen it come around for me mm. where I'll have someone like vouch for me off of like meeting me once yeah and That's I, awesome. I, think so. yeah, I think you have to kind of like have those things in mind. It would be, you know, of course I want everyone to be genuinely like this, but like yeah. a, a, we, we often underestimate what even the smallest interactions can, you know, put into like fruition for what we want to do. hundred
0: mm-hmm. percent. Totally mm-hmm. agree. I mean, you just want to, I don't know. Yeah. It, be a good person and be kind to everyone around you. Um there are no small parts yeah and paying it forward all of the good things yeah and I just sure. no. there's no it's so easy you know at least in my opinion it's so easy to be nice <laughs> like just relax
2: simple it's pretty simple and I'm someone who because I had people who were kind enough to take an hour out of their time for me I feel the need to do that for others yeah. so um, I won't, I'm not saying I do it for every single person that contacts me, but if it's right. a friend of a friend, it could be someone I went to college with who we're not even necessarily friends. But if they're like, I have a friend who's interested in X, I'll talk to them for 30 minutes to an hour. Like yeah. it's the yeah. skin off of my back. And back when we used to actually go to work, you know, <laughs> <back> <laughs> in 2019, when we would get in cars and go to work, I would use that hour drive usually at least mm-hmm. once a week someone who was like interested in you know either writing or like transitioning from assistant to writer or transitioning from a whole different kind of job into writing and I was like this is no it doesn't take anything away from me to like do this you know Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: so I was like someone was kind enough to do it for me let me do it for others Yeah. yeah
0: I mean I retweet that I were and also I would say what you're doing currently in this in this current Situation. situation we podcast. appreciate like it because you know what I mean because it's gosh, we have big dreams for this podcast but we're not quite you know we're still growing <laughs> we're still small so we I mean I think that's awesome and Reach I big. also think like what you said is really important for other people to hear because I think a lot of people say like oh but like I, they, they won't want to talk to me or they'll they'll be you know no. th- they're too busy a lot of you know and I think a like, lot of pe- everybody that asks that a lot of people have been asking us how do you guys get your guests like what do you do to get your guests um and we're like we just uh, we just ask really ask nicely really nicely we ask very nicely yeah, no. <laughs> and a lot of people a lot of people want to help or yeah. like are down to make connections and um whatever and it's been great but yeah shoot your shot moral of the story
2: really these did a great job i was like oh they're in my dms and my email oh when yeah yeah were- yeah <laughs> <laughs> we asked very nicely a few times (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. but anywho so back to storytelling Mm -hmm. um why do you think it is why do you think why is relatable storytelling um important today
2: i think it's important i think it's always been important i don't think there was a time at which relatable stories were unimportant yes Mm -hmm. people do like to escape, I am someone who was, like, a sci-fi junkie as, like, mm. a kid. Like, me and the sci-fi channel were, like, super tight. Um, what, were
0: some of, what were some of the shows that, you're, like, your mom had to pull you away from?
2: Oh, that was when I was, like, really little. But, yeah, yeah. I, like, <laughs> sci-fi was but older. I used to love mm. Farscape. Mm. I
0: don't I'd know that young,
2: one. You know, Farscape. But, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Then, and even when I got a little older, like, Warehouse 13, like, just certain shows that I like I like um, world building. I like the idea that someone just creates something completely new, or that there's mm. some kind of like hidden thing we don't know about. Because I also think that there, in reality, there are so many things that happen in our country that we never like know about. Yep. <laughs> that yep. um, we yep. are probably like saved from who knows how much of the <laughs> time. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think as far as like relatable storytelling, that we've always really loved that i think most people want to be able to identify in some way shape or form with who they are seeing on screen um the anti-hero is newer um for to me um like you know the breaking bads and the dexter's and things like that like i remember when dexter came out what was that like 08, 07, yeah. something along along those lines and i was like am I kind of cheering for a serial killer? Like, yeah, what, yeah. like yeah. what is happening? And like, for me that was kind of a, a launch pad for more anti-heroes, um, which is always interesting and like, kind of is a weird mind. mind- thing, yes, right? yes. Yes. Because before that you, there were, there were always people that you liked. Like there was always a character where you were like, Oh, I'm, I'm a little bit like her. Or, like, you know, every girl was like, I'm a Charlotte. I'm a Carrie. I'm a, like, you <laughs> want to see something because, even if you said, I'm a Carrie, I don't think most of us were buying Jimmy Choo shoes every other day and writing one column a week and like making it like there (laughs) are things that are always going to be fantastical. But I think what was relatable were some of those like situations. And I think people, sometimes you want something to see something relatable, because those things are happening in your own life. And you kind of want to know like how someone else would deal with it or how someone else is thinking about it mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and also I think from like for me show one of the reasons I love a million little things and I was a fan before I got on the show was because it felt like it was cathartic mm-hmm. like because it's so emotional at times still funny but emotional yeah it like gave me um the <laughs> Excuse to emote. I am not the most naturally emotive person, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, what would I do in these situations? I'm like, okay, it's a, it's okay to cry at this scene happening to that person that has nothing to do with me. Like, yeah, yeah. that you're you're, but it's because these are things that would that could happen to someone that you know, mm-hmm. and oftentimes these stories are born out of what people's real life experiences mm-hmm. of those people in the room. So I think we've always we've always liked things that we felt like related to us um or were um examples of things we wanted to achieve in real life like when I think about the Cosby show like people wanted to be the Cosby's like we all have families um and I'm sure there were situations with like the kids and like all that stuff that people related to but it was also like oh this is a little bit aspirational Mm -hmm. um and, and and like i said it's not to say you don't enjoy the show that's just like completely out there like when mm-hmm. i see like clips of dallas i'm like what in the world you're like, <laughs> I can, like I, in middle school i loved passions it was absurd <sighs> everything that happened oh my in my god passions. <laughs> like escapist. you're like oh this mm-hmm. little town where like everyone's falling in love with everyone you're like this isn't real life but like i enjoy it you know right 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 right. right. So I, I think that we've always just had a mix of a whole bunch of of different things
0: yeah do you if you do you have any aspirations to work on like a more fantastical show Uh,
2: I would love to be like a part of something kind of sci-fi fantasy yeah one day just to like exercise I like those that's, ex- yeah.
0: yeah I was like I feel like that is a whole other kitten caboodle like yeah
2: I would need to like, like write a sample like a lot <laughs> like I the magicians obsessed
0: I've oh no, we haven't seen that one. I've heard I of guys, that one though.
2: The magicians, like mm-hmm. it's on, um, it's on Netflix. You can you can watch. Okay. it. it's kind of like grown-up Harry Potter. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, well, I guess a little, it's a big, little sexy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> adult Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's like because they're they're at college. They're at a college for a magician.
0: Okay, copy. Um, Mm-hmm. copy I like that
2: I went down that rabbit hole quickly <laughs> quickly yeah.
0: yeah but to kind of go back to to what you just said um I especially like we said we kind of just we were just coming off of like our middle million little things high if you will we're kind of like in the middle of it but I think th- it's it it's so the intricate intricateness of it's such heavy content, right? It's like heavy. Mm-hmm. It's, we just and like when I'm talking about season one, like it's heavy, but like funny. And you yeah. a- and it's like, I remember our friend, we we told her we were talking about talking about the show mm-hmm. and about like, cause you know, having you come on. And we're like, have you ever watched it? And she was like, no, like that, that sounds like too sad. I wouldn't want to watch it. But I was, like no but, I was we're like, no, laughing. but it's not, it's not. I mean, obviously it's sad and it's an yeah. emotional thing, but it's not like, it's not, it doesn't keep you down it doesn't the whole time. Yeah. But I, but I think that's something that I really enjoy about shows with that kind of content because it kind of, it kind of emulates real life in a sense. Like obviously mm-hmm. it's still TV, but like, I think a lot of us in life are dealing with a lot, mm-hmm. like past traumas current traumas um but a lot of the times you know we find a way through it and it's not you know there's there, it's okay to have you know it's okay to be sad and then also you you move through it there's happy there's happy times around the corner there's happy times there's like um what's the funny one's name what's the funny one's name gary gary Harry, gary gary. <laughs> gary like he's he just doesn't know how to not crack jokes like that's like yeah. almost like a defense mechanism for him or like a way to de- like deflect feelings or like not talk right. about it so which is a real thing like those people really exist and you may be that person you may know someone like that but anyways <laughs> to wrap that thought up is I I watch those shows and I'm like this is so important it makes me feel like I went to school or something uh-huh. like it makes me feel like I've been productive with my TV watching yeah, if, that, I, if that makes I, sense
2: I, think I you know, I'm a comedy writer like my which is funny because I keep ending up on dramas, but I mm-hmm. end up on dramas that have a lot of comedy. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason for that and why I can see myself having a career where like maybe I do end up on a straight up like half hour at some point. But I think the reason why I end up fitting in on these kinds of shows is because even I, I, my comedy comes from real life. Right. Mm-hmm. Real life is pretty funny. And crazy. Mm-hmm. The pandemic like overall it's very sad don't get me wrong but it's also like we're in a pandemic like this is what's slightly funny like, mm-hmm. you know, like for I sure probably, like how is this happening how how have we lost this many people and like yet people are gonna have a halloween party or just like yeah. you, you have to keep from crying kind of comedy and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i i think because that's like how i look at it drama is just intricately tied into how I do comedy because it's important to me for characters to have emotional through lines and emotional arcs because we as people that's how we like function you mm. know you like you said you have the Gary who cracks the joke at the funeral I'm the person who might crack a joke at a funeral yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so sad I don't know what to do like that kind of thing so I, I think that's why um, for bold type, it was like, I'm, I love quips. Like I love people coming back with like fast comebacks. That's super like millennial to do anyway, where it's like barely a breath between the next person talking type thing. And, um, with a million little things like DJ Nash, who's the showrunner, he's a comedian.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: he's a, and I think that's why the show does such a good job kind of weaving in and out of those moments where you feel like oh my heart but also you like laugh a little bit so it kind of takes you like in and out of that and unlike you know like what i used to do was if i would watch handmaid's tale and then watch mm. a good place to like counterbalance oh it, my gosh <laughs> um or i would watch this is us and then watch good place to like counterbalance it mm. but i feel like with a million little things you come out of it and you're like Huh. Like you're like you, it yeah, kind of, it, it, it gets you back to equilibrium, I think, within yeah. the show pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that is like a, a skill that, that DJ has perfected.
0: Yeah, I loved it. You mentioned the good place, the good place is really funny. I really the like good, the good
2: If there was a show, like someone asked me, they're like, if there was a show you could write on, like, what show it would it be? I was like, good place, it's over, but what like, do I mean, yeah. Like, like I yeah. love that show that, so much. It I
0: kind of it, combines yeah. the two things that you were talking about, like this, like kind of fantastical thing that like may exist but doesn't exist or whatever, and then also comedy and drama and, and yeah. And it's and, like
2: you you learned yeah you exactly were, you were in a philosophy class for yes yeah, <laughs> yes the ethics way. class yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was like you were in a philosophy slash ethics class yeah you, mm-hmm. laughed. you were emotional because you 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 cared about those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you and know, it's, about, about like, it's about like <laughs> life.
0: It's about like life and death, if you will. Which is Yeah. Which is and, technically heavy.
2: Yeah. Okay. And like I mean, they were learning while dead. So that kinda helped <laughs> <laughs> with the yep. whole thing. But you know, people <laughs> people grow and change. It's like a conversation about giving you know, what can people do when you like give them a chance? Yeah. You know, all yeah. things that are I think important conversations to have and yeah for us to remember
0: mm-hmm. and that typically if someone like people especially when they're older they are the way that they are for typically for a reason mm-hmm. and like we don't know what their history is like we don't know what where they came from or if they are the person cracking a joke at the funeral I think some people could be like oh they don't care but like you don't know what's going on inside their mind or how they yeah. function or who they are and I think that a lot of the shows that we're talking about are do a really great job at like helping us remember that and peeling mm-hmm. back layers to people.
2: Yeah, I generally assume if someone's upset, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't think you're mad at me. No, I yeah. be you're gonna have to like outright tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just
0: yeah, yeah, else <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What is it like? I'm like so bold type and a million little things. On a million little, little on a million little things, we have. I feel like suicide and cancer and like all of that is like super heavy and then on the bold type i they get into a lot of like things about race and politics, politics. and feminism stuff mm-hmm. so Sexual what is it
2: assault. Mm-hmm. also cancer <laughs> also, also cancer yep and yeah. so mm-hmm.
0: and like so what is it like Talking working like, with those sorts of like su- heavier that, topics. Sub- that subject matter like yeah. how do you how does how does that feel working with it how do you prepare to like write those sorts of, about those things
2: yeah um I think what I appreciate is that the like with the writers I've worked with we we try to go in being sensitive to how different people have had different experiences right um and it is hard because you don't you I think as a writer, especially me, as a lower level writer, I, I want to my place of my best place of argument is to come from how do we tell this story best, mm-hmm. not what my necessarily personal experience was or like, no, we shouldn't do this because all black people everywhere don't do X. <laughs> like I can't, you know, those kind of sweeping statements aren't necessarily the most per, like persuading. Um, but if you say, like, this is how I think we can make the best story, mm. that I think is always a good launch point. Um, and then I think we just like, a lot of these stories just come from actual like real life experiences. When when I, when Wendy and I wrote um, 307 mixed messages for Bold Type, that's when um, Kat played by Aisha D.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and Tia her campaign manager Mm -hmm. get racially profiled Mm -hmm. and you know it was that's like an emotional scene especially for the character and like what she's experienced and how she's kind of come into her blackness through the show and and things Mm -hmm. like that and I think for me I was like that's not my experience Uh, Kat's experience is not my experience Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like I'm a first gen, my family's from Jamaica. Like I I've experienced blackness in different ways than that character has, but I can, I can speak to what we've seen in the world and these experiences and like what that would do to me or like what my experiences where I feel like I'm experiencing racism have been. And then we take that and we're like, all right, so now how would cat the character how would she react to this what would she do and i think the beautiful thing about having kat and tia both is that we were able to have these two black women who had very different outlooks on what to do with this situation Mm -hmm. which i think think exemplified kind of two of the major schools of thought about this kind of thing right is it really helpful to give the name permit patty and all we're talking about is her as opposed to talking about the kid who was trying to sell water or the people who were trying to do the barbecue like what is the best course of action? Is this for me? Is this for us? Like, what it? So I think it just enabled us to have a conversation that was happening out in the world, and also I think for going back to should T, you know, reflecting things that happen in reality. Sometimes it's really hard for people to think through things, especially like if you were stuck in the cat mindset, you might fundamentally not under have understood the Tia mindset mm-hmm. until you saw her talking to Cat about it. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens in the room usually is something like along those lines where we have that conversation where it's like, oh my gosh, drop this person's name. And they're like, what? And some other writer will be like, what's the good, what's the use in doing that? Like, I think that you should do X, Y, Z. So I think a benefit to people in the room being so different is then we have those conversations and we give it to the characters. And that's why, even now with everything that's happened in the country, you know. Ahmaud Arbery, Arbery, um, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, the names mm-hmm. have continued. Um, I think we just had the 150th black man killed by the police this year. Um, when we, I was, I had started the room, like the A million room when all those things happened. And mm-hmm. I think what was important for me to relay was Say what you need to say because any confusion or anything that feels like a mistake is something we can give to a character because people around the country might be thinking the same thing. Mm. So if you hold back, we're, you're holding back on, like, informing people, letting people know that, one, there are other people who think this way, and if this is, like, the wrong way to be thinking about it, that you don't necessarily need to be shamed for that, but we need to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I can't know that or I can't help with that or you can't help me with understanding how you're feeling mm. unless you say something here. Mm-hmm. This is the safe space, right? We're in mm-hmm. the safe space of the writer's room. And so I think that that's what I appreciate about those conversations. Now, I'm not saying that every single room is like that. There's mm-hmm. some rooms where people feel like they cannot say anything or, you know, be their most authentic self and all those things and you're still in a professional setting and you don't get to just say right. whatever you want whenever right. you want or, you know like slam your fist down and, and walk out the room but <laughs> i i do think that the kind of nice thing one of the things i like about writers rooms is like usually it's like there's a big conversation it's a huge discussion um about people who don't exist like that's the part of it that's really fun yeah. I mean, i like, gotten in arguments about people who don't exist. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny, like where you're just like, I don't think Sutton would do that. And I'm like, <laughs> Sutton's not real. Like, she's not a real person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that the what you want is for the writer's room to almost be this like microcosm of the world. And I mean, granted, people in California are pretty liberal, <laughs> Mm-hmm. so our rooms tend to be pretty liberal so there is that but it doesn't mean we don't have family members who are mm-hmm. and things like that so it's a way for us to bring those conversations in or those ways of thinking in around a lot of different topics that that affect us all and and then um give voice to um different sides of things and that's not to say you can't say i think this side is actually right or this side is wrong or whatever you can it doesn't have to be like I, no one needs to both sides anything if you know, facts or facts or whatever. But I think, I think, allowing people to see themselves and potentially learn is really important. Yeah. Like me talking on my Instagram will never reach as many people as a show I'm writing on.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so that's not to say like I'm just like I'm here to push an agenda. No. To do that. <laughs> but I, I, I think we're able to to learn from one another, and yeah. then put the things that we're learning and discussing out for people to just like think about and mull over. We yeah. might not change anybody's mind about anything, but we're at least being like, here's two Putting characters, it out there. three characters, four characters representing different schools of thought right. that maybe you've never gotten to hear. Yeah, you may or may not agree with
0: sharing perspectives is so important and we don't necessarily always have to agree in my opinion everyone's feelings are valid so like your 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 way of life is valid your school of thought is is only as uh like powerful as as the amount of perspectives you know so you only Mm -hmm. your thought is backed up by what you know but you don't know everything so you should always be listening to everybody's perspective so that you can make the most educated decision for yourself and i do really appreciate like that episode, the episode that you wrote on the show does that with a, with a variety of the topics, like showing the two different or three or four different schools of thought and the characters having a healthy dialogue about uh-huh. their differences, which is hard to come by um, yeah. these days. Like having healthy dialogue between to opposing just um, differentiating differentiating opinions i've encountered people where we can't even have like a healthy dialogue because the, they get so mad they get so or... mad or they're like i couldn't i can't even listen i'm like but i want but i also want to hear your side because i because uh-huh. i know you and i respect you and i know that you're a smart person and i want us to ex- have a i want us to have an exchange like mm. not you know because i might be wrong and I didn't know it I'm only human and I'm only gonna know as as I fumble through life um how to be better which is again you know broken record why these are so these shows are so great for us and I
2: think one of the things I love too about the shows I've gotten to be a part of is that it normalizes yes listening and like discussion but also like apologizing yeah which seems to be the older I get, the more I'm just like, why are there so many people who cannot apologize? Yes, for real.
0: For mm-hmm. real. Who,
2: who tie admitting that they're wrong or apologizing to their personhood yeah. when they are two separate things. And so I think all those instances where Jane or Kat or Sutton or Gary or mm-hmm. Regina or, or whatever say i'm sorry or i was wrong in this situation i'm just like can we normalize being able to apologize without it feeling like it is it is denigrating you as a person Mm -hmm. because those two things aren't tied like you can be wrong and you are still you and you are still valued Mm -hmm. and um so That's I okay. appreciate that we have that happen, especially you know on bull type with the girls. They'll you know it's like mm. oh, I don't agree with this thing you said, or like I can't believe this. And then, like by the end, they're like, you know what, you were kind of right. And it's like I was a little heavy handed with how I came at right. you. And they're like, we're friends. <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, a nice little bow on it. And mm. granted, in real life, it probably won't happen as quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think that people seeing that I hope also mm-hmm. you know s- six sinks, sinks in a little bit
0: yeah for sure yeah yeah I also love the idea of how, what we're seeing happen with our characters is sort of a version of what is actually happening in real life in the in the writers room yeah and I think that's that's really valuable because it's like real life and it's what you know real people are thinking mm-hmm. and it's also just like really interesting to think about just like, what is happening on screen is like was it, debated like a, have a like, reality yeah. of like what was happening in this yeah, room behind with them. all of these other the conversations
2: mm-hmm. yeah that conversation we probably had <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um but yeah and i think it's like it as as we've been saying it's super important to hear all of the different all of the different sides of of an argument um to be able to know where you're at pers- like at in a personal level um but yeah, I thought that was really interesting and I like if you're as you're watching these shows that of people that don't exist, it's mm-hmm. like almost like but they kind of do exist or like they they like, it's, it's happening in the real world and it's like important for people to see and hear and it's all like all ca- great the yeah. characters
2: I, we, we all identify you know, like mm-hmm. what I was saying, you kinda of tend to identify a little bit with like someone on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, with the bold type, I'm like, I feel like a Sutton most of the time, where I'm just like, I'm here for the quips. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, funny Things and like, all about the clothes. And yeah. I, I think with the million, I, I'm like, I'm like a mix of Catherine and Regina, is what I feel mm. like. But, um, yeah, there's always pieces of them that you're like, oh, I'm a little bit like this, and what would I do in this situation? And we we ask ourselves the same thing, and and there's, also you have to realize like, I am not Catherine, mm. like so if you would do just because I would do something one way doesn't mean necessarily I think she would, and if I'm going to make the argument for why she would do it, it needs to be based on who sh- who we've created her as. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
0: that mm-hmm. comes play as well. I feel like w- when we were watching the bull type, I was like. I feel as though I'm a Jane, but I wasn't like super excited about it because Jane kind of pisses me off the most. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's still a very talented person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's a big friend. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Not everyone, like, and not everyone has to be super likable all the time. So yeah. It comes to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, you know, they're like they're moments where a you cat know, like will storm into like a boardroom, and I'll you know I'll be like, "Girl, how do you have a job?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Oh, there are so many <laughs> also, moments, <laughs> but I also love that she does that, and then mm-hmm. she's like so ballsy, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I wish that like me, like when I when I saw season one, like I wasn't on the show, so I didn't work mm-hmm. on the show, and I was just like, I wish like I as like a black woman just like had this kind of like confidence mm-hmm. to like don't do these things, you know?" Um, so. Yeah, there's always like so many like sides and dimensions to them that I'm like happy to have been a part of like helping foster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Out of all of the characters you've ever you written, so that's large. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your favorite character?
2: Yeah, my favorite.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like picking your favorite child. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know who I really liked writing jokes for. Mm. Um, his real name is Adam he's uh Jacqueline's assistant
1: (laughs) oh
2: Andrew's so fun to
1: write
0: (laughs) Um,
2: he's he's he just has like smart alecky like oh my god
0: he's such an
2: like each other um so I I think like writing wise him him, um, Andrew and Sutton are really fun because they just have really fun like dialogue jokey jokey mm-hmm. banter like i want like anywhere i could put in a joke i wanted to even when it was like shouldn't be <laughs> um, for them, yeah so they're pretty they're pretty fun and then i think it's just like, i love jokes but i've also like one of the scenes that i wrote that i just felt was like me coming into myself and my comfort with writing emotional scenes was um in that same episode um three oh seven where Sutton is talking mm-hmm. to Richard after his dad dies. Like I wrote mm. that scene and um I lost my dad at a very young age and um I think that like that's one where I was like, oh you can do drama. Like that was mm. the thing where I was like, oh you can write these kinds of scenes and, and things like that. So Sutton is carried because of what kind of character she is. I have enjoyed writing her because she mm-hmm. is like a really great mix of the comedy and the, mm-hmm. and the emotion um, in a way that's really nice. And then I think it's fun to write for black characters just when like, not that I love doing like race stuff. I don't want to put it that way, but it's like, especially with Cat she was like coming into her blackness in a way that was interesting to like think through. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think also with her, it was like, Oh, I know that in writing this story, there are going to be people out in the world who could like see themselves in a certain way mm-hmm. um, or like, you know, have like a better understanding of themselves or their experience, especially you know, the character and the actress also, you know, as a mixed woman. And I think that's an experience I don't have, but I was like, I think this is going to be helpful for some people out in the world to like see this um, Mm. and have these conversations and, and all of that. And then with like a million, I, um, they're all fun. But like I said, I I really like Catherine just because I think she has like this underlying comedy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) To her. Yeah,
2: that we don't get. We only get to see like glimpses of, mm-hmm. and I feel like she um, makes me think of me in professional settings where it's like mm-hmm. you got to be a little bit more buttoned up, but underneath it, you're like, I'm actually fun. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I would, I would want to hang out with Catherine in college. Like, I think she was probably like really fun. Yeah, she's well, so to date, different to date then. the
0: lead of a band. I mean, gotta like, gotta she's got to be a fun. little fun. That's she like,
2: a She got a rock star off of being in the audience. You yeah, you know what kind of pull you need, to right? Have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catherine's gotta, where it's at.
0: Catherine is where yeah. it's at. She's got going on. Yeah, and <laughs> she, and she's like a strong. She's like a strong female that like didn't take the shit, and she's like, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, no, I'm good.
2: Yeah, you know. I, I think like all the women on the show though, are pretty. Like, That's true. I do what i you know like you can't tell me what to do kind of mm-hmm.
0: Within,
2: mm-hmm. I, I love that about them
0: yeah they yeah, i
2: guess i didn't do a good job saying i have a favorite i'm just like i like writing characters yeah i mean <laughs> they're also
0: different like they all have their own things that you like about them yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. they're all important in different ways what goes into sort of what goes in, what's the bare like the bones of building a character
2: well, I well, I can only speak for me writing like samples because I've I haven't been on a show from the very beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but for me, I usually try to write them like kind of a bio, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, yes, age, like what they look like, but you know, I might be like, let's pick a name, Amelia, Amelia, is, you know. She's in her 30s. She was quirky. Um, and it's just, she was the girl on the playground who defended every kid from getting bullied. Like, I think that tells you a lot. Like, mm. I like to go back to, like, what were they like at school? And kind of build, like, from there, if they have <laughs> siblings... I do believe like sibling position does affect how you behave in life. Like this is really where involved. like your
0: psychology degree is really coming into
2: play. <laughs> yeah, where yeah. I'm like, let's build. You're building like a person, yeah. you know, and then yeah. and then you're putting them into different situations. But I think you have to ask yourself like, how would this person like respond in said situation? Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm real because I'm type A. I'm very good at writing type A characters. <laughs> <laughs> type A characters to just be in the world. Um. So. You know oftentimes they um will be people who like have immaculate calendars or like can't have something out of place or like all these things that you kind of just or like what their routine is like always gets their coffee at 8 a.m like i think this in the same way that you would write a bio, you try to write a bio for them and then when you're coming up with the story you're you're like oh but how would this person respond to xyz thing and it's also helpful to um if you have another friend who is a writer, even not, but to kind of interview you about the person, like, mm-hmm. you know, to ask you questions or like, oh, where do you think they went to school? Like, how do you think they did in school? Like what, what was their first job? Mm-hmm. Like all these questions that you would ask about a person that you really were meeting, mm-hmm. um, you kind of can interview your character and that.
0: Take them on of, a first date.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you have, in do the writers have or who do you have the conversation with? Because I'm assuming you you do have a conversation like with an actor or like the director or like someone who like, I don't know, do you or do you relay that information of like the bio and sort of like the first date conversation with the person who's playing the character? I think that would be more probably the direct. Would that be you guys or the director?
2: I'd probably be the showrunner. Mm-hmm. I mean, conversation because oftentimes the showrunner either is the creator or is the person running the room so they'd probably them and the creator would probably be the best and or the creator would be the ones best equipped to have that conversation with them about who that character is so I've never I've done a short film so I've had a conversation about (laughs) just about 12 minutes about being a character Mm -hmm. um but even then like usually the good thing is a lot of it will come through on the script but you might have to have conversations with them about like this is kind of how you grew up or like this is where you're coming from or those kinds of things for sure Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. just so that the actor knows because I think also one of the reasons why I was like oh I should go to acting class was because I wanted to know how actors think Mm -hmm. about the things that they get and oftentimes it's like they'll build a backstory so sometimes you need to like undo the backstory
0: right 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 yeah because that's what I was I was thinking yeah Mm mm-hmm
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not to say, like, sometimes it might be pretty close, but, mm-hmm. often, you know, but you might need to be like, no, she didn't grow up in New Orleans. She grew up here and mm-hmm. then moved there or, like, whatever thing. So you'll have conversations, but I think from that point, you're kind of building a little bit together because they're playing them and they might have the those time. questions, too, where they're like, I don't think my character would do this. And you might be like, well, I think they would or talk to me about why you think they wouldn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Yeah. okay what would you say is the hardest scene that you've had to write
2: the hardest scene i've had to write yeah
0: challenging challenging and
2: why Hmm. i don't think i've like had one yet where i was like oh this is super challenging I think you have to, I think sometimes you, some are more emotional to write than others. Like mm-hmm. that scene with Son and Richard was like emotional for me to put on paper mm-hmm. just because of what the subject matter was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't like difficult and like, I can't figure the scene out. Like I knew what the scene was. It was right. just like, I need to put a little heart on the paper. Yeah. I hate doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that can it, be, yeah.
0: that can be really tough. But I also feel like it could be cathartic as well, like over, in the end, like yeah. a positive. But no
2: one no one wants to be that writer who's like in their office at their computer and is like, and then <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to get caught doing that. Or she's like, what is wrong with you? Because once again, these people aren't real. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? But yeah, it can be sometimes like really emotional. And um, I think, you know, you did a good job when, someone else reads it and they get a little choked up or even in pitching it someone gets a little choked up which is always really funny like I'll I'll pitch it like straight face and then someone'll be like that's really beautiful I'm like what's wrong with you
0: yeah yeah I feel like I'd be that person I mean it it makes people cry on their couch but you guys are you know just you guys are dealing with it in the office so I mean it makes sense yeah yeah I feel like there's There's got to, from time to time, you have to, like, balance emotional and mental health with the content that you're writing. I was TAing a a non-film major's film class my senior year of college, and there was this one girl, and she went full in, and she wanted to make a a short film. She did a docu on this family trauma. She was like, I'm going to cover this. She wrote it. She was having a hard time, like, shooting it and editing it. I could imagine like sitting at a computer staring at this dark shit for like six hours at a time. That is not great and also not productive. So make sure, I was like,
2: make sure you're taking time for yourself because this is like, you're in a good place to do that. And I think like it's not necessarily what you don't have to pour out all your trauma for your job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. part of being a writer is also being imaginative. Mm Mm -hmm. it doesn't all necessarily need to come from a place of like this is what happened to me or it's like you know you can do the like what is there a world where this character had this happen you know or Mm -hmm. this thing happened and sometimes you need to like consult someone else who has had that experience Mm you know um so it doesn't all need to be like coming from that well of your own personal pain because I think it's also not super sustainable to do that all the time for sure
0: 100 percent What would you, what do you uh, hope to see in, in storytelling in the future?
2: Um, I mean, I would just love for storytelling to become even more diverse. And, and by that, I mean more than just like, oh, we have people of different like races and sexualities, um, on screen. Um, but like they have, they're dynamic characters that are Mm. like three-dimensional as well um because I think sometimes they're like well I made them the security guard and I'm like that's not that's not what we meant um so (laughs) like you know having um them really have like dynamic roles is really important I was really excited to see that um uh Ava DuVernay and uh is co-created a um a new show that's like gonna be about indigenous people.
1: Mm. And I was like, that's
2: so amazing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm picturing like this all indigenous cast, like that's kind of like, that hasn't been on TV, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I just think that there are so many places to go with like how we tell stories and and making the world on screen look like the world in reality. Yeah. Um, And then also I think remembering that sometimes TV is the only way that people are being introduced to to certain people.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know,
2: it's like, it, and that's what drew me to TV in the first place, right? Yeah. Is that for some people, their first time seeing a black family was seeing the Co- the Cosby family. Or their first time seeing black people at college or like interacting with them in a way was like a different world or yeah. whatever other show. And so, I think we we got to kind of keep that in mind or even like a Degrassi for people who are mm. you know I, I mean yeah when the Cosby show was on I was like really little mm-hmm. <laughs> reruns so and that's what comes to my head but like a Degrassi or something like that or you know where you're like oh there are schools that look like this or like mm-hmm. there are places that where this kind of stuff happens and
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think the more that we work to do that the more we like normalize so many people's different different experiences and Mm -hmm. that's also not to say that like I don't think you should necessarily put um marginalized people into things just to put them into things you know like I think that if you have set a story in the highlands of Scotland I don't know how this black person got there like I'm very (laughs) Like I was like, I'm not saying I'm very the
0: black confused.
2: people in Scotland, but to just have like this one guy, like my mom loves Hallmark movies. Um. And I'll like sit down and be watching this and I'm like, so there's only one black woman in this whole random town mm-hmm. in like Europe somewhere, and she's like, You're ruining these <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, But help me under like how did she get here? Like <laughs> Is it at least, like, a whole family? Like, no, I wish you just left this out of it. Like, I don't understand that. I'm like, we're allowed to sometimes do that where it's just, like, it doesn't make sense for, like, what's actually happening. I'm yeah. fine with it not, like, being there. But that shouldn't be every single show. And, like, that's no. the issue there, you yeah. know? Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the first couple seasons of Girls. But I was like, this is set in Brooklyn, and I'm not seeing any people of color in the mm-hmm. background. Like, that was what was kind of, like, mind-boggling. And when mm-hmm. people... Well, like there needs to be a black character. I was like, does there? Because I'm not sure she should be friends with them. Like they kind of suck. Like I don't, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't that. But I would love for like the world to include people of color because they they exist in Brooklyn. Like, yeah. Of yes, of course. So yeah. I think that we need to think about it in that way. But where you do have shows where it's like clearly they would be, you know, Latinx people, black mm-hmm. people, indigenous mm-hmm. people, trans people, like all these, like this these communities. They should be there. Like yeah. you should be thinking yeah. about it. Your room should reflect those kinds of people too, yeah. so that you don't forget about them. Yeah, uh, which I think is easy to do when they're not the people that you see every day, or it hasn't been your experience. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's. You know, I I would love to see TV continue to grow in that way, and I do think people are slightly more cognizant. But just because they're cognizant doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So it's something that you have to kind of keep, you know, pushing for and. And all of that, it's 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 hard to change how people have been doing things for so very long, I think. Yeah. Uh, But we're but we're seeing it slowly, but surely. But got to keep pressing.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you? What is what is the future? What does your future look like? What does your career look like in the future? If you could choose it?
2: Um, I mean, I want to be a showrunner. So Mm -hmm. my goal is to like have my own show and, um, you know, have a small role in it maybe like I'm the barista um, <laughs> <laughs> well you somewhere. do acting
0: as well right is do yeah you, like or is is that more to inform, to get, your, inform, inform your, your writing or or do you like do to you, are you, would you do consider you have yourself an aspirations actress? to act yeah as well? I
2: mean I started it out like when I was a kid I used to like do like programs at church and like all these things so I was like a dancing acting kid mm-hmm. and then I was like that's not like a job is it right, right <laughs> and, mm-hmm. like what on with like um so <laughs> when I started doing acting classes out here it was because I wanted to really understand how actors um looked at scripts like I mm-hmm. wanted to understand like what their process was mm-hmm. but in doing that I was like no you really do enjoy acting mm-hmm. as well um I would say like the writing of it is the thing I'm most passionate about but I do love performing I do stand-up comedy as well so I love like those kinds of like interactions and, and people and all of that stuff I, I do like that so um I would love to be someone who's like a Ashley Nicole black or like a Natasha Rothwell um you know a- Ashley Nicole black was on full frontal with Samantha B and then now she's on black lady sketch show so she gets to write she gets to act Natasha mm. Rothwell plays Kelly on insecure so she gets to write and she gets to act but she doesn't mm. have to be that like she she gets to go home sometimes so i really <laughs> like the idea of like being a cool character but it doesn't mean i need to be there for every single scene mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. yeah my, those are those are my aspirations but yeah I'm, I'm just trying to climb the ladder and get to showrunner one day and hopefully have like my own my own content out there yeah well,
0: you seem to be on the yeah, right path
2: Trying, crying. crying. I'm, like, I'm like, just stay employed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: that's everyone's goal in twenty twenty, yep. really. Yeah. Yep. Just like, oh god. You know, <laughs> chugging along. So we like to do um well before we do our last yeah, segment. Is there anything else that anything of like on to the, say on, on the... the topic that we haven't covered yet that yeah. you'd like to like to bring bring up?
2: Um well I would just say anyone who's interested in like T V writing or feature writing, whatever, storytelling, I think it's like kind of a war of attrition. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You might not make it in the first year or the second year or whatever, but Mm -hmm. if you keep trying for it, I do think that you eventually make it. It's more so you hear people who are like, I tried for five years, it didn't work, I stopped. And that's not to say that year six would have been the year, but I do think that like eventually you get in. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a matter of like, how long can you hold on? Um, and it's not Mm -hmm. to say that everyone can do that. And I think that's a part of the, when we talk about like access, privilege, things like that, Mm -hmm. um, it does make it difficult to break into this industry. And thankfully people are thinking about and commenting on and seeing the ways in which they can open doors to those who don't necessarily have, you know, Mm -hmm. the privilege of parents paying for their apartment or like whatever things. Um, so that would be one thing. It's a war of attrition. Anything else? you can there's no right age to become a writer i'll say that i think we live in now a society where you see people at like 17 18 are like millionaires are like super successful or it's like i'm an influencer and you start to feel like oh my gosh you know i'm 25 i failed at life <laughs> <laughs> and you're like no that's not what that means at all and you know i got my first staff job at 31 And at the time, I felt like, oh, my gosh, you're so far behind. And it's not true. There's some people whose first staff job is at 40, 50, 60, whatever. Like, if this is a thing you want to do and it's what you're passionate about, start working in that direction and don't get distracted by you know, people over here making it at younger ages, like mm. everyone's journey is their journey. And I think it's sometimes really hard to remember that. And that's something I have to tell myself too, where you're like, see someone get something and, and I have to be I'm like your journey is your journey. Your journey is your journey. Yeah. But it is true. And so I would I would tell people to also remember that. And if you you're passionate about something like try to figure out the way that you pursue it. I'm not telling you to just quit your job. And I'll never tell anybody. <laughs> just do that. Mm. But I think that there are ways to, like, get to your dream and your age does not matter.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And it's never too late to, like, switch things up or try and go down that path that, you know, will make you happy or Mm -hmm. you're more passionate about. Mm -hmm. Uh And you'll probably, A, be a lot more, a lot happier in life. Um, Because if you're at a job that you hate, it's soul crushing. That's soul crushing. So, but especially if it's like a nine to five typical standard, like hourly well, job and your journey
2: will inform your writing. A hundred percent thing. I was like, I, if I had gotten in at 25 or whatever, the things I'd be able to write would not be what I can write now.
0: Mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm.
2: because of what I've just like my lived experience even outside of it so mm-hmm. I think just think of it as like all the things happening to me are going to sound really good in my TED talk like just keep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. talk. let us know when that happens. when the TED talk happens love myself yeah. a good yeah. TED talk okay, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. love it um, so our last segment is called peachy clean love <laughs> it if you could come peachy clean and share your story with us
2: Okay, so the thing that came to mind was that my little cousin, the one immediately after me, dear dear Andrew, if you <laughs> ever hear this, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he has a scar on his eyebrow that is completely and utterly my fault. And I oh, don't no. know if he knows this. <laughs> but I was like four and he was two and my mom had put us in the bathtub <laughs> and she like walked away like as the bathtub was like filling. Now we're standing so it's not like we're sitting in thing and we're standing but it's like one of those you know those like non-slip mats that they put on the bottom of the top uh-huh, uh-huh. like andrew let's try to slip <laughs> <laughs> and so we're just like revving our feet like going and he just eat like goes like <laughs> And like hits his head on the little drain seal oh, thing. Oh no. And I was like, oh! And that's like the <laughs> silence before like the screaming starts, you know? mom uh-huh, uh-huh. like runs in and she's like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't know like I don't know what happened to him. and it wasn't it had to be a, over a decade before I told her like what actually happened wow. and I don't know if Andrew knows how he got that scar but this is- <laughs> wow. yes, I am responsible I am sorry, <laughs> sorry. amazing
0: um that was awesome well thank you for coming I'm, queen <laughs> yeah thanks for coming in I'm also going to be looking for that like that archetype in your writing like in the next <laughs> couple of like I'm going to be watching I want that to come I want to see that on screen you know what yeah, I mean
2: that admittance, where she's just like I'm so sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really do anything about it now and he ended up looking really cool because I was mm-hmm. like by the time he was like a teen that's when people were like purposefully doing the whole razor blade yeah. I, probably, I, you're was, like... just, I was fashion forward yeah you're <laughs> like
0: <laughs> you're, welcome. you're welcome you're welcome like I am I apologize but also you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing. That was awesome. <laughs> it's perfect. All right, Peaches. That was another episode of Let's Talk Peaches the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could please oh, before we do that, Nikita. Oh, yes. Tell the people where they can find you.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Find me at Nikita N-I-K-I-T-A-T Hamilton, just like the musical mm. on both Twitter and Instagram.
0: Perfect okay now i'll start <laughs> <laughs> apologies all right peaches thank you so much for tuning in that was another episode of the let's of let's talk peaches the podcast please follow us on instagram at let's talk underscore peaches check out our website let's talk peaches.com and while you're there subscribe to the newsletter <laughs> if you haven't already show us some love leave us a review on apple Podcasts. that really helps Get us out there, promote us, um, share an episode, whatever. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Bye, peaches. Bye, peaches. Bye, peaches. Yay. Yay.